Hello, and welcome to a special edition Belmont Bunch. I guess we can Baseball we it? Bunch. It's Baseball Bunch, yes, exactly. Uh, we're going to get that trademarked. Um, welcome to a postseason uh, edition of Baseball Bunch, except neither team is in the postseason. I mean, the Yankees were for about uh, five seconds. The Mets uh, weren't even close. And what we're going to do uh, a little bit in this uh, video is uh, complain a whole lot and say exactly what needs to be done because we know exactly what needs to be done. We're armchair GMs. Yes. Uh, I don't have arms on my chairs even, so I'm yeah. not even that. We realize this season that we complain an awful lot about both teams, um, often to each other. And we realize that we could really do a nice uh, post-game script about uh, how terrible the situations really are going to be for the 2021 offseason. And we're also white men in our mid-20s, so we had to do it in podcast form. So, uh, do you want to start with the Mets or do you want to start with the Yankees? Uh, it doesn't matter. Whatever well, you want. I will get the Yankees out of the way because they made sure that they got out of the way for the Boston Red Sox last night. Yes. That wasn't even a good transition, but we'll go with it. An emphasis on things not mattering because, uh, once again, neither team is in the postseason. Yeah. So, I, I guess... Uh, I asked a bunch of my friends in my uh, Yankees group chat, um, like, what would be considered a success last night? Which is obviously way different than the question at the beginning of the year, what would be a success coming into the year? I think a lot of people would say probably minimum uh, ALCS, uh, maybe coming into the year. Um, we, I thought the Rays were going to fall back a little bit without Blake Snell. They got better without Blake Snell. Blake Snell wasn't that good anyway. So the Rays continue to have like probably one of the better scouting departments of baseball. But for the Yankees, uh, last night gave me a lot to think about. Uh, and a lot of stuff that I was already thinking about were confirmed. Uh, I do not, I have the, I have the roster here. Um, I guess I should tiny synopsis of the game. Uh, Aaron Boone. Uh, I actually thought handled the pitching half of it decently and the maybe potential pitch hitting slash lineup stuff offensively, not as well. Um, yeah, it would be easy to just say Aaron Boone sucks and move on, but I'll, I'll say the good things taking Garrett Cole out where he did actually kept the Yankees in the game for a little bit longer. I would agree with that. Uh, because Look, he just didn't have it, I and I, I don't think it's a spider attack thing. I because look, he's still the front runner for the Cy Young uh, along with Robbie Ray, so obviously he could still do it without the spider attack. I think it was the hamstring that was bothering him the last month of the season, uh, which wasn't easy. His ERA was like over six in the last month, so I should have been more like uh, prepared for them to lose. Um, but I was pretty prepared once it got to like three nothing. Like I was, I was, uh, it was a long, slow death starting from the moment Aaron Judge got and, thrown out. And I think it kind of lends itself to the season that the Yankees had as someone who was an outsider looking in where you felt like when, at least from my conversations with like you and our friend our, John, who's a big fan, who's very analytical and follows uh, the sport day to day, it just felt like with the Yankees this year, when they were down, you just felt like they were just going to lose. Like, you didn't get the feeling that there's there's a comeback coming in the late innings. It took Although, a while to get that yeah, spark back. They really did. I mean, like, from, like, someone who didn't even, who's not a Yankee fan, who, you know, tries to be objective about the situation, the Yankees have objectively some great talent in in pieces where it just felt like it was difficult to get the entire team and entire lineup going all at once. Yeah. 
And that's probably because part of the lineup wasn't good. Well, uh, I mean, that is a fair And they're not good players. Yeah. And, and I'm going to go after Brian Cashman. Oh, boy, do I have a team for you just across the river. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, um, yeah, exactly. Like, I just felt like watching the game as someone who turned it on last night as just a, uh, a third-party observer. Mm-hmm. Once I saw the Yankees were down 3 nothing, I just had this pit in my stomach feeling where I'm like, that's the game. Mm. Like, I just, I, yeah. I personally did. And it kind of lends itself to those discussions we had earlier in the mm-hmm. year about how uh, there's this feeling of, the team just can't get out of its own way sometimes. Uh, there's kind of an inertia where they're going, they don't stop, and when they're, they stop, they don't get going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, last night it wasn't um, as ugly as a lot of the regular yeah. season because uh, we didn't see uh, what, what we do a lot in the regular season. A lot of errors, a lot of really bad defensive play. Um, we did see a runner get thrown out, which was a regular throughout the regular and season. And that saying, was the turning point. Of weren't the you saying earlier that apparently the Yankees led the MLB in, in, in guys at thrown out at home? Yeah, and and the Yankees hit into the most double plays in baseball. That one, you know, there's some a luck aspect. So you to need that. a new third base coach. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Phil Nevin signed his death warrant yeah. last night, and yeah. I'm also going to say that the man next to me is a lawyer. Not yet, but yeah. Uh, so so he's not a lawyer yet, <laughs> but he he will back me up if this is now on video. Yeah, and uh, I I didn't actually mean death warrant. Anyway, firing warrant. Um, so um, Garrett Cole was not good. Uh, I'm I'm happy that Boone like was proactive. Uh, we were able to get out of it through a lot of the bullpen that I actually have grown to really like. Uh, it was uh, early in the year. I was worried it was going to get worn out because Boone goes to that bullpen pretty quick um, in the regular season, which can be a problem. But guys like Holmes, uh, guys like King, he, even though he didn't pitch last night, Loisica, Peralta. I'll give Cashman credit there for bringing in some underrated bullpen guys that turned out to be kind of the lifeblood of keeping the team alive at points. But um, I'll get into Cashman stuff later. Um, guys that I want gone. Uh, let's go with, um, Gallo batted 199, I believe, um, 38 homers, 199, uh, and also led the league in walks and strikeouts. The, the most three outcome hitter there's ever been. The Yankees do not need that. The Yankees (laughs) need contact hitters. Uh, so Gallo gone. So I, I mean, part of this is, is tough to replace, uh, cause we're, I have the free agents for left field and, um, there's McCutcheon, Schwarber, Tommy Pham, Dickerson, Eddie Rosario. Uh, maybe Eddie Rosario I check in on. Uh, Jock Peterson, Mark Canha, maybe is somebody no, I check in on. I mean, there's, on, some, so. there's some great um, outfield options for sure. I yeah. mean, like the, the Mets also, as I'm going to get into, they need to be in on those uh, opportunities uh, often and everywhere. Yeah. But keep going. Uh, Gardner, he has a uh, – the team has a team option on him. I – I, 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 if he's going to be back, he has to be like nowhere near starting. You know, he, he was good down the stretch this year, but it does feel like they, they need an everyday center fielder. Yeah. Aaron Hicks might miss all of next year. Gardner, they might be in the the market for another Gardner was a good fielder. Yankee, arguably a great Yankee. Yeah, no, no I, I mean, look, closest uh, thing they had to a captain for a few years. Yeah, it, and it's tough but, uh, for him to to like, yeah. you know, he's going out with them, just not doing anything in the playoffs for a bunch yeah. of years in a row, but. Um, well, you know, also remember fits in, this. in with the rest of the team. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Aaron Judge, obviously, I'm throwing the bag at next year. He's one of the yeah. most important players on the team. Had probably had his best season since his rookie year. Now, I heard an argument. I heard, heard an argument today. Uh, it was on WFAN for mm-hmm. anyone in the New York area. Um, Carton and Roberts were going off about how uh, do you just as a hypothetical do you trade Aaron Judge this offseason? No. because it's arguably his 
highest value ever. I wow. only if they were going into a rebuild, which I I, 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 I think they're going into a retool. They're, retool. they're definitely gonna have to retool. Yeah. Uh, and I think that retool might have to start it short. So as as it stands right now, Glaber Torres not a shortstop, not an MLB caliber shortstop or, or a dependable MLB caliber shortstop defensively. Offensively, he struggled. Um, he doesn't have as much pop anymore. He was struggling batting average wise. Um, there, I, I, you know, there are some plays where he doesn't hustle to first. That's frustrating. Um, and I, I, I kind of think like you have to move him to second if you're going to keep him. Because last night he did make some slick plays defensively at second. Um, but then that leaves you without a true shortstop, and you've got Lemayhu already at second. And LeMahieu had a down year that was pretty disappointing, and I don't think anybody's going to trade for him because it's a lot, a lot of money he's being paid. And he's so also getting a little bit older, and it's it's kind of a, you know, and that's one of the things where I think for both teams, uh, a little probably a little bit more for the Mets because we just had so many unforeseeable mm. changes of fortune in terms of hitting. But yeah, LeMahieu not being a three hundred hitter really hurt you guys. In yeah. A, in, uh, I think if I had to say from a third-party perspective, I felt like LeMahieu and Torres not hitting consistently like they did in previous seasons mm-hmm. really did a lot for you guys in terms of just not getting hits when you needed to, mm-hmm. not executing in games where that were winnable, but perhaps early in the season. Not not mm-hmm. necessarily when you guys went on the run in the second half, but like earlier in the season, like May and June, where it felt like yeah. you were good but not great. Mm-hmm. That was a big reason why I felt. Yeah, it, well, you it, know, they a also, lot of opportunities get squandered. Yeah, and, yeah. and both of those like, guys used to... I mean, LeMahieu had one season of power. You know, he yeah. just kind of an outburst where he got but he, fortunate. And, and he's a guy you sign for for average. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything else. yeah. Um, but some uncharacteristic errors from him, from Urshela at points this year. Yeah. Uh, basically, the whole infield was bad yeah, it uh, was, defensively. It, and it wasn't like... And the tough thing, I guess, too, that I noticed was that another common thing, there was a lot of commonalities I noticed between the Mets and the Yankees, a lot of mirrored situations at times when the Yankees were good, the Mets were bad and Mm -hmm. vice versa. And they fit, they faced similar situations as I'll discuss too. One of which was that I felt it's, it's difficult to attribute a cause to this stuff. Yeah. Like it's difficult to say like exactly what is it that made Glaber Torres and Gio and LeMay. It's Aaron Boone's fault. It's all Aaron Boone's fault. And it's hard to say it's Aaron Boone's or Luis Rojas's fault. But it's because, easy to fire them. But it's easy to fire them. And it's easy to think it's their, you know, when they, they're doing well, it's easy to think that they're a good manager. It's this kind of hindsight bias. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's really, uh, again, I'll get into it more with the Mets because it's a little more pertinent because Luis Ross will not be definitively returning. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there is that hindsight bias, I think, in today's MLB manager. Yeah. Like, for sure. So, sorry, keep going. No, no, it's okay. I'm going to be quick with the, the rest of the Yankee stuff. Yeah. Um, Urshel is an interesting one because he's like, he is dependable. Um, he will have bursts of really hitting, but he's more for average. He has a little bit of pop. If they want to aim higher there, even though I think they should focus at short, maybe at short they find a way to get Didi back, who's a better defensive Tom, player. Tom is I like Didi, is like probably one of his biggest fans. Yeah, he's probably, he's yeah. probably my favorite current baseball player. Um, he's, he's a good shortstop. And he's yeah. extremely good uh, defensively. Everybody always complains about not having enough left-handed power in Yankee Stadium. We know that he's been left-handed power at Yankee Stadium, so I feel like it's a perfect <laughs> yeah. fit there. And I know he's coming off his worst year, so maybe you could get him real cheap. So, um, But third base, hypothetically, if the Yanks wanted to go like after a big guy, you've got Arenado, but Arenado has a player option 
Um, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, with the team going on a run, the Cardinals, I don't think it depends on tonight. Um, wait, I think he's probably got his decision made before yeah. the... the uh, this is the go and win is, the World Series. This is the closest he's gotten to the World Series in how many years? I think probably, probably his, his entire career. career. So I mean, like, I guess they've been in the playoffs a couple times, Rockies, but not very yeah, far. Yeah, not far. I think it's been about this level, maybe uh, maybe the DS. Yeah, I'm not even certain. I think last one time DS, the Rockies I want to say. And that was had to be at least four or five years ago. Probably so. more. Yeah, because like I, I personally can't even remember uh, recent seasons where the Rockies were in it. Yeah. So... Dan, you're, you're falling out of the screen. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, but anything. Oh, uh, if yeah. the Yankees want to go at short, although I think we're going to be talking about short with the Mets. Uh, yeah, we're going to have to deal with that issue. But we've yeah. got uh, available free agents. Semyon, Story, Seager, yeah. Correa, That's Baez, uh, Andrelton uh, Simmons. Uh, if the Yankees want to go and figure out the defense, Andrelton Simmons. I know John, if John's watching this, John likes him a lot, Andrelton yeah. Simmons. Great defensively, not as much of a bat. If the Yankees want to go cheaper at short and get Simmons or Didi, uh, and then at third, make a run at Chris Bryant. Make a run Correct. at yeah. Eduardo Escobar. Make a run. Jose Ramirez has a club option. I think they're going to be keeping Jose Ramirez. So, yeah. so I, it's a little bit tough because I think the Mets are going to be hot on the heels of Chris I, Bryant, too. I hope so. so <laughs> That's so, probably, I, I think, their biggest need in terms of free agency. Yeah. And I think there's two yeah. spots specifically, and we'll get into it in a sec. Yeah. I'll let you talk about the Mets. I think sure. there's two spots where I think the Yankees and the Mets are going to butt heads in free agency going after guys. But yeah. uh, the last thing for the Yankees, uh, I, it sounds – I like Voight a lot, um, but it is like a what have you done for me recently thing. And with Rizzo, you know, hits a playoff home run last night, even though I don't feel like it's playoffs when you're in the wild card game. Um I, I feel like Rizzo is staying just because he fits the Yankee Stadium mold, left-handed power, yeah, good yeah. defensively too. He's better defensively than Void. So he that's also, a big thing. He also was probably the best if I just production-wise, he might have been the best acquisition. And he hits lefties at well. The deadline. Oh yeah, he was definitely at the deadline. And Cashman, Baez ended up being, to be fair to mm -hmm. to Zach Scott, Baez ended up being. Uh, that's right. You don't have a, to be fair to Zach Scott I mean, anymore. <laughs> I, I know. I'm like that is the one thing I'll give him. Mm. Uh, I was skeptical of Baez. Uh, I felt that we needed to get Bryant, um, but the asking price was apparently too high. Um, and now they can pay for it. And now they can pay for Bryant. And not give up assets. Because we have the richest owner in MLB. There you and, go. Uh, yeah. This is what he comes in for now. Yeah. Um, uh, some guys that I'd like to maybe see to uh, get playing time next year, but it depends on injuries. Uh, Clint Frazier, hope he's okay. He has vertigo from a concussion. That's scary. And uh, Miguel Andahar. If you're not going to use these guys, trade them and see what you can get. I don't know. Um, catcher, I would like to get rid of uh, Gary Sanchez. I am very tired of him being terrible defensively and on offense just being a plus enough to keep his job. But I look at the catcher market. Oh, Buster Posey's a free agent. He's got a club option. They're going to keep him. Uh, Jan Gomes. I don't know if that moves the needle. Christian Vasquez, club option. They'll probably hold on to him. Yeah. Tucker Barnhart, club option. Mike Zanino, club option. Yeah. Uh, the last that isn't a club option is uh, Austin Romine that I wrote down. Uh, former Yankee. Doesn't really move the needle too much. He's better defensively, but Higashioka's better defensively already. It's kind of just like doubling up on a like a better offensive Higashioka. So I feel like the catcher situation is going to remain for another year unless there's a trade. So right, right. that's going to be fun because uh, I feel like I complain about Gary all the time. But I'll, I'll give um, uh, Torres. I gave Torres crap too. Those were the two that I was like, I'm done with them. But it looks like I might have to get just like get. <laughs> used to it because I don't know if they're going anywhere. Um, yeah. 
And Stanton, I just want to give Stanton all the credit in the world because he carried him. He and Judge carried the Yankees. And last night, Stanton was clearly the, the best Yankee. And it's, and it's worth noting that Tom has also been pretty lukewarm on Stanton over the years. Mm -hmm. uh, so, those of you who, who know me from well. the hockey stuff, uh, yeah, you've been lukewarm on no, him I, for I've a while. I've been very lukewarm on him for a while, yeah. Oh, I meant me. Uh, but Stanton, no, you've been lukewarm on me as a person. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, But Giancarlo Stanton, uh, he's gone the full Josh Bailey treatment for me where <laughs> I was way, oh, big hater, big hater. But look, I change, I change my mind when a guy proves me wrong and I'm going to uh, admit that I was wrong and Stanton's been awesome. And uh, yeah, very excited uh, for another year of him. And um, the bullpen, I really like it. Uh, the, the guys that they've acquired, that's the area where Cashman's done his best work this year. Uh, and I love Mr. Uh, uh, Holmes and I'm kind of hoping... That maybe he could compete for this uh, the closer role and they can maybe move on from Chapman. But with all that being said, um, I feel like we can move on to the Mets because if there's anything else Yankee related, I think we can talk about it in free agency, in free stuff. agency stuff. But sure. go ahead. Yeah. All right. So um, I felt that Tom did a pretty great synopsis of that of the issues facing the Yanks. Uh, hopefully, I can also give uh, a synopsis of the. Uh, 5,722 or so issues with the New York Mets. Um, obviously, this is a critical offseason for us. I feel like that's honestly an understatement. Um, anyone that follows the team knows that this is pretty much the decision between, uh, as you said, a retool versus a rebuild mm -hmm. uh, for a lot of reasons, uh, one of which is that we're not certain anymore that our hitters are known quantities. We don't know that McNeil is going to be productive. We don't know that Smith's going to be productive, at least over a full season. Uh, we don't know that Davis is going to be productive. These guys that were a given a year ago are no longer a given. Um, so that's not that's a not insignificant portion of, of the lineup that needs to be dealt with. But before that's even dealt with, we have to deal with getting a team president. We have to deal with getting a GM. We have to deal with getting a manager for, uh, what is this, the uh, second or third time? I, I, I've lost mm. count. Uh, in the past four years. I miss Terry Collins. Uh, I miss Terry Collins a lot. Uh, at least he got the most out of his players. Mm. Um, so I think this is going to be Steve Cohen's first real, quote-unquote, offseason, and it's it's very critical. And I say that because I think this is going to be his first chance to truly uh, remake the team's uh, management assets in his own image, where um, he is going to be able to have a direct say in president, GM, not that he couldn't before, but he's going to be able to have a direct say in his manager where um, Luis Rojas was a holdover from the Wilpon era because he was kind of just the next man up after we got rid of Beltron um, because that was a mistake. I'm already seeing people with draft Beltron uh, comments <laughs> on the SNY uh, Twitter and Instagram pages. And it's uh, it's pretty ridiculous in my opinion, um, but uh, it's going to be pretty critical. So I think I should be fair to the Mets and just say generally what I thought they did well. And then also what I thought they did very poorly. Uh, what I thought they did well going into the year was they really built up their bench depth. And I think that anyone that followed the team through the months of May, June, and July know this. Uh, I, I think this was one of the best benches that the Mets have had in a while. It was very deep. Uh, Pilar, VR, uh, you had um, Peraza was pretty clutch. Billy McKinney uh, for a little bit. McKinney for a little bit. Uh, Brandon Drury came out of nowhere and he hit like 275 in like, you know, 150 at bats or whatever it was. Uh, and like it wasn't an insignificant period of time. Mm -hmm. We're talking about like uh, eight or ten weeks where these players essentially carried our lineup. Um, we did a great job with that. That was something that you should give credit to Alderson for. Mm -hmm. um, we also fixed bullpen issues. I don't want to say fixed bullpen issues completely, but we did get a more stable bullpen for a while. It didn't feel like in the beginning of the season, it didn't feel like you were going to lose a game uh, that you were otherwise winning 
because we had to go to an Aaron Loop or a uh, Trevor May, at least not always. Trevor May was less consistent. Mm-hmm. Aaron Loop, uh, I wanted to highlight because Aaron Loop had such an excellent year that I think it's a no-brainer uh, to extend him or bring him back. I forget if he's in free agency, but I'm pretty sure he's in free agency. So I think that that's got to be one of their most straightforward decisions is signing him to a multi-year deal. Mm. Uh, I think his ERA was like 0.95. Hmm. Um, excellent year. So I think that's a guy that you have to keep. Um, what they failed at. Uh, let's see. How, how much time do you have? <laughs> um, <laughs> By the way, Aaron Loop is a free agent. He is a free agent, exactly. Yeah, I, I saw he was in discussions with S&Y. Mm-hmm. They, they should bring him back. Um, more on that in a little bit. Uh, what they failed at. Uh, there is a lot of stuff. Um, but again, just the nagging injury bug that this team has is, is just border, borders and it surpasses, quite frankly. They're ridiculous. Um, the next president of the Mets and the GM need to be critical about where... Uh, whether these players are just injury prone Mm -hmm. versus what our team is doing to minimize and mitigate any type of risk they take versus are we having problems diagnosing and understanding these kinds of injuries to begin with? They need to be critical about that. And in terms of criteria for a team president, um, I think that should be something that needs to be uh, near the top of the list. I mean, like it seems a little bit obvious perhaps, but I I feel like that isn't something that's discussed enough in the media is that this is a team that uh, has been plagued by and completely derailed. Liberal media strikes again. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. The the liberals uh, refuse to acknowledge the Mets as true faults. Um, Yeah. And uh, like, I just think that this is not acknowledged enough to be honest with you in terms of when we're talking about a front office, it's always about now, you know, you read the back pages and it's always about, are they analytics or are they, quote, old school? Mm-hmm. And what's their philosophy on that? I don't really care so much about that. Why can't we just be that. idiots? <laughs> I, can't, I don't really care so much about that. I care more for this team. I care more about what are you going to do to keep our guys consistently healthy? Mm-hmm. Because if you think about the team from 2015 to now, which is the last deep playoff run we had, uh, we were supposed to have this brilliant rotation with a great roster of hitters. And we've had an up and down roster of, of hitters, but we've had a rotation that uh, only two pieces from that rotation remain, one of which just spent the entire year on the DL, mm-hmm. and the other one uh, spent half a year on the DL. Yeah. So we really need to be uh, much more critical about that and make that a priority in our search for a president and a GM. Um, yeah. I am going to, um, as as a way to keep keep this structured, I am going to list off the Mets free agents, yeah. and I want you to tell me if you want them back. All right, sure. All right. Yeah. Um, should I start from worst to best? Or, you, you know, start, start anywhere you want. Anywhere okay. you want. Marcus Stroman. Oh, back, 100%. I think mm-hmm. I was going to say, I think that's the most straightforward free agency decision they have to make. I think mm-hmm. you make him an offer, a multi-year deal, three to four years, probably around $100 million, and I think you uh, seal that right away. Yeah, that's an area, that's one of the areas where I said I think the Yankees and Mets could butt heads, yeah. is if Stroman... Uh, doesn't get re-signed by the Mets, hits free agency, and the Mets would still, I think, pursue him at that point. Yeah. And the Yankees, uh, with Kluber not coming back, I didn't touch on the rotation with the Yanks. Uh, they have Herman, Montgomery, Severino, and, Kluber, and, and Cole under contract. Um, they do need kind of a two-guy. They're missing a two-guy, and Stroman could Stroman, be a two-guy. He could be. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see where that goes. Number two for the Mets, yeah. Michael Conforto. I think this is the toughest <sighs> This one. is the toughest one. I mean, look, uh, Conforto, in preparation to make sure I knew my stats, I looked at his career stats with the Mets a couple days ago, and Conforto has had almost 400 RBI for the Mets mm. in about five and a half years. Um, he has been, He's 20, while, while streaky, mm. he has been, at times streaky, he has also been bottom line, uh, a run producer who mm-hmm. has had just about 30 home runs on average every year since I think 2017. Yep. Um, this was a clear outlier year. Mm. That said, you don't give him more than a QL. 
I think that's fair. I think, I think it's fair, and I think he knows that it's fair, and mm-hmm. I think he's reasonable enough for the organization and the fan base to realize that he loves playing here. It's yeah. always ever known. And I think it's a great shot at redemption where we can say, yeah. we know you're a better player, and we'll give you a fair QO. I think around $20 million is a fair QO. It, yeah, and, and like, it's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. I think $20 million is a fair QO uh, compared to what he's making now, I think, still in his minor league deal. Mm. He's going to probably be very inclined to take the money. And then next year... He can test free agency again when he gets another bite at the apple. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's unfair because yeah, look, this year, like when they go to the to the table to negotiate, he like they can't he can't pretend that this wasn't a, a, a frustrating and worrying year from the Mets perspective. Like, no, what are we supposed to do if you bug? It's, like? It's, so I think the qualifying offer gives him a argument. fresh start for. Maybe not a fresh start, but it gives him a, a, a chance, and I think that's completely it, fair it to him. him. I think it gives him an out. Mm-hmm. Like it gives him an out, a nice easy out where it can say and he's going to well, make money while while it's happening. You're so it's not money. like he's yeah. going to get screwed out. He's of it. not getting totally fleeced. Mm-hmm. The thing is, though, I will say about Conforto is that the strategy in when you offer the QO is probably more important than the decision to offer it. Because I think that what you got to do first is you got to look into Castellanos. You got to look into. Uh, yeah. so you got to look into Chris Bryant. You got to look into areas where you're going to spend the money instead, yeah. and then make a cost benefit. Well, yeah, it's funny because we said they that. needed outfield power, yeah, yeah. and it's funny because they yeah. have it potentially, potentially already. Yes. If Conforto figures it out, if he figures it out, and look, he ended up with about 14 homers. I mean, if you follow the season, you know that for most of the year he was under 10. Yeah, so he did have a a little bit of a redemption arc towards the end of the year. Uh, clearly not enough. Mm-hmm. You know, I was just looking, I, I kind of tuned out a lot of the past few weeks because uh, I was focusing on <laughs> Because why not? And because the Mets were just done. So yeah, we were focusing I, on the Jets. We were focusing on the Jets and the uh, <laughs> and that that ball of fun. Yes. Um, but yeah, he and Lindor actually had somewhat of a redemptive arc there. Lindor mm-hmm. had 20 home runs yeah. this year. Yeah. Which compared to how he was doing again earlier in the year mm-hmm. is not a bad number. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is it enough for the money he's getting paid? Absolutely not. Mm. However, uh, we have to move forward now and make progress. Yeah. Which so I got one yeah. more big guy. Okay. That you know who it is, but I, I'm going to run through. Yeah. And just yes or no on like a bunch of like sure, a bunch of guys that maybe we don't have to go as much into. Brad Hand. Um, I don't know. Take it or leave it. Yeah. I feel like it's take it or leave it. Uh, Dallin Batances. Dallin Batances, take it or leave it. No. Uh, Familia. Uh, I probably, I, I think I'd probably extend him. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Noah Syndergaard. Uh, you got to QO him and I think he would take the deal right away. That's something where I think you can QO him and offer Stroman a deal straight away. Yeah. I think those are straightforward decisions. We know that Syndergaard is probably going to return to form. He was just injured. Jonathan VR. Uh, I think you, I think you do. I think you he was pretty serviceable. Uh, he was pretty serviceable. He's a starter on a bad team. He's, he's a backup on, on a, a good team. A decent team. I think he was pretty serviceable. I think you, he was basically our third baseman yeah. this year. Yeah. I think you, you should give him something. Nothing too big though. Mm. Kevin yeah. Pillar. I think you, that's serviceable again. I think you. He's a good backup. Out again, there. I think the bench. And he was brings one of the, a lot of good defense. I think the bench was one of the best strengths of this team. He had some big home runs this year, Kevin Pillar. He too. did, and he also endeared himself to the fans after yeah. he got hit in the face. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So that uh, was that was cool. The next one was Aaron Loop. We Aaron already Luke talked about. Definitely, you yeah. Him. Uh, Rich Hill. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Rich Hill is 41 and a half years old. I think, I think I'm comfortable letting him walk. Jared Eikhoff. Jared Eikhoff. I think I'm comfortable letting him walk. See, yeah. uh, that's like, Jared Eikhoff. We was, did him dirty though. He was as big a meme as Andrew Heaney was for the Yanks. Yeah. We, we screwed him badly. Yeah. Well, I mean like, do you mean in terms of just like throwing him out there for starts? Like where y- yes. you knew, but I mean, yeah. part of that is like, you know, like. 
First of all, he's getting paid to, to suck, so that's pretty cool. <laughs> I wish I could get paid to suck. But is he, or I thought he was still on like Don't a, take that out of context. I, I thought he was, I thought Jared Icon, not to get into a rabbit hole here, but I'm pretty uh, sure he wasn't on like a, like a $100,000 minor league deal. No, I don't think so. So I feel like they oh, just wait, used um, him for, Let's see. Uh, yeah, he was should, making over a million last year. Oh, okay. I didn't yeah. know that. All right. So yeah, then, screw this guy. Forget it. Yeah. Uh, uh, Heath, <laughs> Heath Hembry, Cameron Maven. Yeah, no. Okay. Yeah. So uh, you so wanted to really scrape the bottom of the barrel. There, yeah. Well, I went through yeah. every single one they have. Yeah. Uh, Baez. Baez uh, is the other the big Baez one. Baez is the other big one. Uh, I thought, to be honest with you, I... Dan, come this way. I thought that... I know. I have to, <laughs> this is new to me, all right? Um, yeah. I thought for a minute, I was like, there is one more. I forgot. Obviously, it's Baez. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is another one I'm kind of on the fence. He's and I, 20. He's basically the same exact age basically as Basically the age as Conforto. The thing about it is that the Mets really need a decent hitting coach. They have to mm-hmm. fire uh, Quattlebaum like yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I said, hire this young buck named Chili, Chili Davis. Davis. I think what they got to do, and I literally wrote this in my notes, they need to go back and do all the, uh, the in church, you do the mea culpa, you know, like yeah. the, I am sorry, I am so, so very yeah, yeah. sorry. They have to go back. And they have to do that and hand him the biggest stack of cash he's ever seen. Yeah. And they have to say, come back and teach this team how to hit again. <laughs> because he was the best hitting coach we've had in probably two decades. Yeah. And we fire him within three weeks. It was probably the most ridiculous move we made. Mm. And th- I, that might be a hot take. But I don't think when the entire league's offensive numbers are down, I don't think it's it's warranted to fire your hitting coach who's otherwise been successful. And it was pre-Spider Tech. And it was too. pre-Spider Tech. Yeah, which, it, it was it was it was a, a I was too saying, quick a move. I was saying to Tom from the start, I was like, they're going to regret this move. Like it was too quick. He was a good hitting coach for us. Mm-hmm. Offense has not been an issue for two years. The rotation and injuries have been an issue instead. Mm. And what do you get? You get offense becomes an issue as yeah. soon as he leaves. And we thought coming into the year that the <laughs> like, offense had a lot of potential. The offense had too. a lot of potential. In 2019, uh, I always pull this stat, in 2019, the Mets had uh, one of the best team averages in baseball. That mm-hmm. was Tilly Davis's first year as a hitting coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, in 2020, it wasn't offense. That was not the problem. The problem was having a consistent rotation, mm-hmm. which, again, was a problem in 2021. Yeah. Um, what I think you do going forward for the Mets is you – the other big point I wanted to hit in the offseason was, besides Baez, I think for the right price, and you can put that in quotes and you can quote me there, for the right price, bring back Baez. Mm-hmm. Do not overpay for Baez because I fear that in the later years, it's just going to be an undisciplined mm-hmm. situation where maybe it works right now, but we have not seen enough so that we can see he's going to hit around 300 for the whole season. Yeah. I mean, he was so, some of those, it was cringeworthy watching some of those mm. pitches that he would swing at. Yeah. Like, yeah. He, that's really the kind that's of not something the team needs. He's going to struggling on the whole. He's like going to have some embarrassing swings because yeah. he like sells out to hit a homer on every swing. And I also think that, largely for the hitting staff, the emphasis has to be average and contact hitting again. It cannot be about power. Mm. All right, McNeil is not a power hitter. Mm. Smith is arguably not a power hitter either. The, they've had their better seasons where they're not hitting as many home runs. In 2019, McNeil had about 20. But they've had better seasons when they were focusing just on contact hitting, singles and doubles, mm. getting on base. You know? Like, I think there, um, whoever they hire, Chili, Chili Davis, uh, needs to just come back and teach. You know, I'm not... Someone that is an expert at hitting, if you watch me hit, you would probably laugh at me. I mean, come on. But We're like, so good at slow pitch. But like, yeah. We swear. Um, but I just think that you need to put an emphasis on just uh, not an all or nothing approach. And I think mm. Baez brings too much of an all or nothing approach. That said, you can't argue with his numbers. His numbers, he was one of the most offensively productive Mets, despite his cringeworthy swings and misses. Yeah. One of the most offensively productive he's Mets. He's so in the good last defensively too. And he's excellent defensively. And he's good, good friends. And he's very Francisco he has great Lindor. team chemistry with Lindor. So I do veer on the side of bringing him back. I mm. do veer on the side of being competitive for Bryant 
for Semyon and for Castellanos. Why not all of them? Yeah. I have all the money. And I think what you do, and this is really the point, is you keep Smith, McNeil, and Davis on the table at all times open to discussion. I think if you can sign one of the others, mm -hmm. Bryant or Semyon in particular, yeah. I think what you do is you shop the others and get farm pieces because we're badly mm. depleted and if we're in it next year we need capital to trade mm -hmm. but also to hold on to for the future semian's an interesting one because obviously they have lindor but yeah. semian can play second, play second he's base. one of those shortstops but then you have to second. decide do you want buyers or semian i think i'd rather take semian to be honest semian had a very he good had a monster year, year and i think he hits more consistently than Baez. and he kills the yankees so it yeah. would be funny if the mets <laughs> wanted to get someone but like I just to get to the yanks naturally if you're going to re-sign anybody sign bias and then if you sign bryant then you shot McNeil and say thank you, but no thank you. Yeah. Uh, because I liked McNeil a lot. Might have been my favorite Met of the past few years. This season just showed he was uh, something was completely off. And also his chemistry with Lindor is completely off. That rat or raccoon mm -hmm. story from the spring was, <laughs> yeah, just that was weird. one of the most ridiculous things I think I've heard in, uh, from this team in a while. And that really says something. <laughs> um, so, yeah. The other point I would hit, too, is that with management and speculation about the team president, mm. uh Obviously, we know as of today, literally, uh, Epstein talked to Cohen basically out of uh, respect and just said, I will not manage your dumpster fire of a team. <laughs> um, no way. Mm -hmm. uh, they tried to spin it like they mutually agreed to it. Like both sides recognize this is not the right fit. Right. No, I'm certain that it was Steve saying, listen, how much would it take? And Epstein's like, there isn't enough money in the world to come to this team right now. Mm -hmm. um, so honestly, uh, I didn't expect Epstein for us to get our top choice. Yeah. It sounds like Billy Bean could be a possibility. It mm -hmm. sounds like Bob Mel Melvin could also be a possibility if he comes. Yeah. I'm kind of excited about that. I think that'd be a cool fit. I like the small ball approach. I like the contact hitting and team-oriented sure. complete yeah. lineup approach that the A's have. I, well, uh, the Astros have gone pretty far this year with being the best batting average and in it, baseball. And it's not Billy Bean's um, fault that the A's just can't surpass that one team or those two teams. Like mm -hmm. They've been a good team for a long time. He yeah. builds a contending long-term team. With, without a lot of money. Without what can he do money? with all of the with money? all of the money, exactly. So I feel mm -hmm. like finally letting him kind of off of that leash, the budget leash, so to speak, uh, mm -hmm. could be really beneficial. For managers, I've heard a bunch of names linked to them. Uh, the big, the bottom line is that we can't have on-the-job learning anymore. Mm -hmm. We had Callaway who was on-the-job learning. We were going to have Beltron is on-the-job learning because the Wilpons and Van Wagenen were very cheap. Mm -hmm. uh, we're not cheap anymore. This yeah. is another reason why we can see what Cohen uh, can really do. Because yeah. this, he has the entire offseason. He's seen the team now from the organizational perspective, from the bottom up. He's, he's gotten to experience being a Met fan. Yeah, he's gotten experience with it's like every, to be a fan. You need. Yeah. yeah, and I feel like bottom line is that he's more familiar with the problems now than he was. He's more informed about it. And I think that what he should do is get someone who maybe is a little bit old school, but who has the experience that ha and has won and is, has had a, a deep run. Yeah, so just some a, that like a veteran most, influence to I calm so. the team at and, times. You know, there's been a lot of talk vaguely about uh, does this team have a leader? Uh, lately. And I think the team leader is probably Pete Alonso, mm. but do we have a leader like David Wright who took on active roles in like being constructive and took on constructive criticism like he mm -hmm. did in his later years when he was captain? Uh, some of that kind of just sets an example and sets a tone. Alonso is a great personality. He fires people up, mm. but I'm not sure if he he's at that point yet in his career where he really is that guy who's teaching others. Yeah. Uh, you know, so like, that will take time to get to. I yeah, think he that, has the yeah, potential. It's, it, it's tough to ask a guy that yeah, as young yeah, as he yeah. is. As long as he is. That's why know. they should, uh, when the when the DH yeah. is you made universal, they should sign Freddie Freeman and have them both <laughs> platoon. I mean, it would be amazing, but <laughs> God, the, the Braves would have a hernia. Um, That'd be amazing. It'd be amazing. Uh, I will say one more thing about Rojas. Uh, I thought Rojas was okay. Uh, I understand why they're getting rid of him. I mean, like, bottom line, I think it goes back to Cohen being able to finally remake the manager in his own image, so to speak. You know, pick what he wants. Uh, Rojas, 
um, was the great, quote, player manager. But I think we saw this year that the joke about, hey, everybody was really great friends. You know, that's like our <laughs> achievement for the year. That's the banner that's going on the rafters. You know, nothing else happened. A championship. Yeah. What's better is making friends you know, along the what's way. What's better is having a really good fucking team. <laughs> like, like winning a lot of games yeah. gives good team chemistry, yeah. at, if nothing else. So, like, focus us on that. If I have a guy like Buck Showalter that's going to come in and just be like, no, if you're hitting poorly, I need you in the cage every morning figuring out mm -hmm. what's going wrong instead of, oh, I'm just going to give him time to let it figure it out. That was kind of more of the attitude that from the outside looking in, we kind of got from Rojas. Mm -hmm. uh, it was cool to see him get upset, but he also seemed to get pissed kind of a lot at like bad calls. To yeah. be fair, some of them are terrible. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes, sometimes it gets the good. players involved. Yeah. And like sometimes it's, you know, it's good, but I just also think that, you know what, the again, I'm, I want someone with more experience. Mm -hmm. And I think... I think Cohen re recognizes sure. that. I will say we tend to fire everybody before they get the chance to learn from the mistakes. Mm -hmm. Like Callaway yeah. gave us uh, a net of ten wins well, in luckily, 2019, and we still fired him. We found out he sucks as a person. He does suck so as a person. Easier. So that made it easier to swallow. But at the time, I was still kind of like, I guess we're firing him. But like, you know what? The guy took us ten wins over 2018 because he had another year to learn from mm -hmm. mistakes. Like, say what you will about what happened, but. We had a somewhat of a run in 2019. Mm -hmm. Like you know, we we were only two games out of a wild card. Like, and then he got fired the from another. And then job. we got fired from another job. But like the point is, the Mets are risking. You know, and I'll say this for the counterpoint: the Mets are risking uh, never finding out the true potential of some of these guys. That said. Uh, he blew a two and a half month stretch. We were in the lead for over a hundred games. Uh, and we had a complete failure to adjust to those situations and get the most out of our players. So in a nutshell, yeah. so I can understand it. Yeah. And for the Yankees front office, um, you know, Boone just exists. Uh, I don't think he's, uh, I, I, I don't know. Like I, he's replaceable. That's the best way probably to put it. Um, Brian Cashman. Uh, there was oh, a long, yeah, wow. there was a long time. There was a long time yeah. where, and I'll make it, I'll make this quick. Yeah. Uh, there was a long time where I was just like, man, you got to admire how they're just able to stay good, even if they're not winning. But now it's, 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 it's getting, it's wearing thin. It's become, you still give him credit where he's yeah. able to find, like he does find diamonds in the rough. Yes. I said, like he got Clay Holmes. Clay Holmes saved us last night. Momentarily, um, but he's also he got Didi for he, nothing. He has this. He got Luke Voigt for nothing. He has like the the new shiny toy syndrome where when it comes to free when agency, it comes to yeah, free agency, yeah. he tends to overspend for the biggest name that's out there, regardless of like Garrett Cole and John. And then they go two innings and an are, elimination. Are the two, of course, that everyone thinks about in the modern. And era. one of those two is yeah. working out. And one of those two. Is I, <laughs> I mean, I can't. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it yeah. Obviously, it, it's in the moment, so yeah. the Cole thing is frustrating, but obviously the whole team didn't show up last night outside of Giancarlo Stanton. Does Boone return next year? No. Does Cashman return next year? Probably, but I don't know if I want him back. Who, um, who should manage the Yankees instead? Um, honestly, I don't think the managers matter a ton. Yeah. Uh, so I'll do it. I'll do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I think at this point the players kind of like – um, do their own thing. The manager, in-game, uh, they're important for the in-game decisions. Yeah. Um, but I think the majority of the time, yeah, it's exactly. not huge. There's that, like I said, there's the hindsight bias of they get too much credit when the team is good and they get too little credit when and, the And the, the front is office bad. is so invested now yeah, yeah, in yeah. the, like, you know, how the players yeah. are swinging and, and stuff. And it's very possible that Boone is literally just the puppet of, of Cashman, which is it's very possible. It is. It's exactly it's true. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm being generous. Yeah. That, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. So like, you know, it's kind of just like a shell corporation for, for Cashman to operate through yeah. where like, there's no liability for Cashman. It's all on Boone. 
um, if if there's a problem. Yeah. So like, and, and the owners, by the way, the owners don't yeah. spend to the they don't they don't go over the luxury tax anymore, so they can't buy themselves out of it. They have to now, you know, kind of adopt more of a Tampa Bay Rays approach. Yeah. Who they do a lot with less. Um, and they've turned a lot of guys, Randy Rosarena, they just turned guys that you've never heard of into like stars. Brandon Lau hit 34 homers on like, or it might've been 39, had 99 ribbies. Like these guys that you wouldn't expect to yeah. do these things. And so I think a lot of it goes towards, um, you know, uh, probably the upper management decisions and finding those, uh, those gems. And it, it's frustrating because I do kind of want Cashman gone, but I do acknowledge that he's been able to hit on some of those underrated gems before, like I said, yeah, Gregorius yeah, Voigt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Maybe I'll give him one more year, but that's pretty much it. That's I think we pretty much covered everything. Yeah. I, I would say. I mean, I that that's everything I had on here. The do only you, thing do you have I'm a dream add, free agent? I think you already said Bryant. I think it's probably Bryant, just because he feels such a clear need. Mm. Um, I wanted him. He was my top target for the uh, trade deadline. We didn't get him. Mm. Um, if the Giants win the World Series or they have a deep run, though, I mean, good luck like pulling him from that situation. Yeah. So like they're going to go after him. He might be very inclined to just stay where he is on a team that won 107 games. Mm -hmm. uh, it's the most we've seen in a few years. Uh, yeah, I would say I would say that's um, and Castellanos. And Castellanos, look, the, should he hit the mark? The cool thing is that there's options here. I mean, like Castellanos, Semyon, and Bryant have to be at or near the top of the list mm -hmm. for the Mets. Um, if you get Semyon or Bryant, I think it naturally begs the question of what's going to happen to McNeil, Davis, yeah. and Smith. And mm -hmm. I think uh, what you say there is you you shop them and get the best returns in probably farm players that you can get. And yeah. um, I think that's the end of it. Um, of those, I don't know who I'd want to see stay more. Maybe McNeil. I mean, Davis actually had a decent year, but all told, although he got far fewer at-bats than a lot of other players. Mm -hmm. he, he hit 285, but he also had about 400 fewer at-bats than Alonzo. Yeah. Um, so hard to say, again, if he had a full season. We should really try him out more <laughs> and mm -hmm. see, like, I've been saying this since 2019, see what he's capable of. Yeah. But um, I think we're, it's clear that he's kind of an up-and-down player. So at this point, uh, you know, maybe to contradict what I just said, uh, maybe you shop him and see what you can get back. Yeah. I um, There are two positions that uh, I think the Yankees could improve at in free agency. Starting pitching, there's a lot of older vets um who are available maybe for a one-year deal because we're still kind of trying to buy time for Severino to get back f up to full speed. And then Severino um, can be the two eventually, back to being yeah. the two when he's uh, healthy. Uh, Granke, Verlander, Scherzer would be a fun one to go after for the Yanks. It'd be another dump money on a pitcher thing. <laughs> but, you yeah. know, honestly, this year, if you look at the stats, the Yankees' problem was actually that the offense wasn't very efficient. Um, yeah. they, but, so they need a little bit of both. They so might need one more starter and, uh, maybe they go after a Carlos Rodon, uh, Robbie Ray, probably not. Syndergaard might be a fit because you could maybe get them cheap on like a show one year show me contract, depending on what the Mets do. I think they're going to do all, I'm pretty, sure, I'm pretty sure Syndergaard, uh, doesn't have the Yankees mm -hmm. on his radar yeah. right? from based on what he's been tweeting out lately. Mm -hmm. So, and, um, and the other one, uh, is center field going to be tough. To, uh, to like fill, I think the best option is Jackie Bradley Jr. And um, he's got a player option, so we'll see if he even yeah. becomes available. So for the Yankees, I feel like the positions they need, um, I, starting pitching, there's options, but center field, not a lot of options. Yeah. Um, not a lot of options at catcher. No. And shortstop, <laughs> there's plenty of options. It's yeah. down to... Are you going to move Glaber or LeMahieu? Are you going to uh, by move I mean trade? Yeah. Because one of those guys is going to play second, and the other one doesn't have a spot in the infield right now unless you also trade 
Yeah. Uh, Urshela and then make one of them third. So well, it, ultimately, we're going to find out. Uh, maybe we'll do a um, a mid-season check-in or a, a post-off-season spring training kind of check-in. Uh, mm. That won't happen if, if we get uh, either too busy or if we forget. So Yeah, so um, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, uh, we'll see. We that. won't have anyone to hold us accountable except you guys for all these predictions and mm. uh, these takes. So yeah. uh, let us know if uh, we're making sense or if uh, we or are Let us know if we should shut up. Like, tell that, say that I mean, too. We've gone on pretty long, so yeah. we should probably wrap up. But yeah. um, that's that's all for now. I mean, that felt like a nice therapeutic complaint session, though, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, uh, thank you for watching at Baseball Bunch. Yeah. The Dan Cam will return at some point. Um, this video was half Dan Cam all the time. Half half Dan Cam, but all the time. Yes, that made sense. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we'll see you next time. And John, hi John. Bye guys. You'll know. All right. Bye guys. All right, James, we're done. That was very yeah, short, right? Need an extra that was only like six. Of just saying goodbye. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hello. What a weak hello. Low energy, Jeb. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Do a real hello, okay? What do you high mean? High energy. High. Was that not high energy? No, that was, was like.